Hello, this is Dan Jones, and I'm here to share this quiet talk with you. Our lives are too full. Most people I know have so many things going on, they can't keep track of it all. Everybody wants a good life, but when you've got more on your plate than you can say grace over, there's no way you can have real quality of life. Before you can really focus your mind on one subject, something else intrudes on your consciousness and you're distracted. So everything is done halfway. I won't even mention all the time we waste scrolling through vacuous posts on Facebook. What could we do with all that time? You only get one life. How are you spending it? Some of us have already spent most of ours, but wherever you are in this race, you can decide at this moment to realign your priorities to simplify things. Simplicity is something I long for, but don't always attain. I hate things that are unnecessarily complicated. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul the Apostle was a busy man. He traveled all over the Mediterranean world preaching the gospel and planting churches. He was not an idle dreamer, but his life was guided by a laser focus. He was most certainly not like the guy who got on his horse and rode off in all directions. What was his secret? I think Paul summed up what his life and work was all about in one short verse. Now, Before I share it, let me say that if you've been in church all your life and sat and listened to thousands of sermons from characters like me, this verse might just bounce off your consciousness. You've heard it before and You're perhaps prone to say, yeah, yeah, I know that one, but stick with me and let's flesh it out. Here it is. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ. I think it's common knowledge that those people who have had great achievement in their lives have been single-minded people. Years ago, I tried to leave the ministry. Actually, I tried to leave the ministry about three times, I think, but for a while, I tried to be a salesman. That is laughable, but at the time, I was serious. A friend of mine shared some books with me about success. I remember a book that many of you have probably heard of that was called Think and Grow Rich. Now, I didn't actually read it. That's probably why I never got rich, but I'm pretty sure the idea is that all you think about is your financial goals and how to reach them. You don't watch a lot of TV. You don't go to ball games. Your life revolves around making a lot of money, and I'm sure a lot of people have gotten rich using these kinds of techniques. To achieve anything significant, you have to be single-minded, but I guess one of the reasons I couldn't maintain that laser focus on being a successful salesman, in addition to the fact that I didn't read the book, was that I had read another book 
earlier in life, and much of the content of that book had stuck in my mind. Here's one of the sayings from that book that probably didn't contribute to my financial success. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I've seen too many people make lots of money and yet lose the most important things in life. I heard a preacher say one time that he had sat by the bedside of a lot of dying people. None of them ever said to him, I wish I'd spent more time in the office. Getting back to Paul, early in his life, he was moving up. Now, he wasn't selling cars or real estate or life insurance. His was a religious career. You can be ambitious in a religious career. I've seen many like that in my day, wanting to move up, get a bigger church, get elected to some high office in the denomination. Paul said to the Galatians, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. His future was bright. But something happened to interrupt all that. One day he was traveling on the road from Jerusalem to the city of Damascus. He was on religious business, the business of his chosen career. But as he traveled, a blinding light shone out from the sky, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who is that talking to me? And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus didn't berate him or condemn him. He just said, Get up off the ground and go into the city, and you'll be shown what to do next. And just like that, in a moment of time, his life was completely turned around, and his direction was changed. The growing and successful career he had been pursuing was instantly forgotten. He had a new passion. It was not for a profession, but a person. His new passion was Jesus Christ. Paul began to preach the gospel that he had so zealously opposed. He spread the good news of Jesus throughout the Roman world and was so effective that people said that he and his associates were turning the world upside down. What accounted for this? Did Paul read some motivational book that helped him to really understand how to move people to come over to his way of thinking? Did he go to some seminar where a popular guru showed him how to get his mind right? No. As Paul himself loved to tell, the change in his life came because one day he met Jesus. The difference in his life was not because he learned certain concepts that he hadn't known before. The difference was a person, the person, the only person that matters in this world, the person of Christ. I have sat in a thousand meetings in my life where church people tried to figure out the secret of making the church grow, of 
getting more bodies in the pews. You can go to seminars and bring home thick notebooks full of information. And then you can work night and day to try and implement all these principles in your congregation. But until you get a passion for Jesus Christ, you're wasting your time. The answer today in the church is not more techniques or programs. The answer is more Jesus. My friend, how much do you love him? One day somebody asked Jesus, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing in the Bible that we're supposed to do? His answer was simple. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Right now in my life, God is reminding me that all that matters is loving Jesus. Prayer is not a magic formula to get stuff you want. It is how we draw near to God's heart. It's that place where we forget all the cares of this world and lose ourselves in the ocean of His beauty and love. I want to be able to honestly say, along with Paul, for me to live is Christ. There is nothing else. I want to spend my life gazing on His beauty, resting in His arms, feeling the beat of His great heart. Jesus is the sweet rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley, the bright morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. Like Mary of Bethany, I long to sit at his feet and hear his gracious words. I want my heart to burn within me as I listen like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's time to eliminate those things from our lives that distract us from pure devotion to Christ. We need to get to the place where we can say with the apostle, Christ is all and in all. I close with this prayer for you, precious friend. Oh God, for those listening to this talk, I pray that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant them to be strengthened with power through your Spirit in their inner being, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that all of them, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. My dear friend, if you'd like, you can contact me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.